Roses are red. Damselflies are blue sometimes. They usually fly, but also swim too sometimes. The time between hatching and adulthood is often a very vulnerable period for insects. Their various stages are often slower and not as well equipped as their ending adult stage. Some insects just have lots of offspring to account for this, while others, like the damselfly, make the most of their instars. It's all a part of nature's air and sea show here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And thank you to Cassie for creating our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. Today we're talking about a damsel down under. But she's not in distress. She's thriving. But more on that later. That was, that was good. I wish I'd thought of thank that, you. that nickname. <laughs> oh, The damsel down under. The damsel down under. That was a really good one. Yeah. I don't, now suddenly I don't want to say mine anymore. Well, we got to hear him. Well, so f- first, what are we talking about? We're talking about the damselfly. You've seen them. They're everywhere. But we're talking about a specific one. Do you have a common name for this specific species? Yes, I do. It's called the ancient greenling. I love that. It sounds like a, a dragon. It is the most Tolkien thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like some sort of sprite that lives in the forest the ancient greenling but we're also going to call it here the squiggly submarine and ancient orange <laughs> <laughs> is it orange the the no. the nymphs kind of are an orange brown i was just gotcha. last minute thing i definitely wish i had done the damsel down under um <laughs> but yeah squiggly submarine is that works for me I like ancient greenling though. That's the that's probably the best um, the best nickname. No, sorry, the um, electric fire disco clam. That one's my favorite, but this one's a close second. Okay, are you ready to hear where it goes in the animal kingdom? Yeah. Well, it's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in the kingdom Animalia. It's in the phylum Arthropoda. Mm-hmm. The class Insecta. Mm-hmm. That's bugs. Stuff that's not bugs, but is bugs. Some some, some are uh, bugs, some are not. Some are not bugs, but they are colloquially bugs. Right. The order is Odonata, which is all dragonflies and damselflies. And then the suborder is Zygoptera, which is all damselflies. Mm-hmm. And then the family is... Hemophlebiidae. Hemophlebiidae? Biidae? Hemophlebiidae? There uh-huh. we go. There's the accent on the first eye and not the second eye that's right next to it. And then the genus is just Hemophlebia. That's right. Uh, and then the species is Mirabilis. Interesting. That's the damselfly. Well, that's this ancient greenling. Yeah, I'll never get enough of that name. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. Part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of venery for this animal? Or 
What is the collective noun for this animal? If you saw a bunch of them, and you probably have, what would you call that group? Would you say it's A, and also basic, I couldn't find damselflies, so we're going with dragonflies. Which it is interesting that there are dragons and damsels in this fly world. Um, <laughs> so if you saw a bunch of dragonflies, which you definitely have, um, if you live in Florida, would you say that, hey, look at that A, turret of dragonflies? B, cluster of dragonflies, C, swarm of dragonflies, or D, haze of dragonflies? Swarm sounds too on the nose. Haze. What are the first two? Turret and cluster. Not a cluster. Eliminated. Turret mm -mm, it's too... It sounds made up. But... You know, that's pretty indicative of a term of venery. They all sound made up. Because they all are made up. All words are made up. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Swarm. The thing is, even if it's not a swarm, it is a swarm. But is that the official term of venery? By the way, if I wanted to go on the nose, it would be a den of dragonflies. Like a horde. Dragon's den. Let's go with swarm. Final answer. Incorrect. The answer was cluster. Really? Yeah. One of my least favorite words, but cluster it is. <laughs> Cloisters. I'm, I'm, I, I like, I'm more on board with the word cloister than cluster for some reason. I think we've talked about this before. I think because cloister is a Pokemon, but it, it does yeah. manage to combine cluster and moist, so I don't understand why anybody should like that word, but it, it doesn't bother <laughs> as much. But yeah, I, so close. You were one away. I was one away. I that wasn't even my second choice. My second choice was the last one you said. Haze. Yeah. I thought you were going to go turret for sure. No, turret sounds ridiculous. Does it? Yes. A turret well, of dragonflies. A turret? Yeah. It's a gun. No, I was thinking of like um. I I almost put a tower of dragonflies. A turret in a, on a castle is like a one of those towers that sticks off to the side. Oh, I see. So I was thinking of like dragons and castles and stuff. So, but towers are ready for uh, drafts. So I couldn't put a that. A buttress of dragonflies. A buttress of dragonflies. There we go. That, that <laughs> that's more with uh, you know medieval or Renaissance Gothic architecture. But. <laughs> Uh, Actually not. It would be. It definitely would be medieval. Anyway, continue. Do you want to know what this thing looks like? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, we said dragonflies, so I already have a pretty good picture in my brain. So Mrs. Mirabilis is a small flying insect with two pairs of translucent wings on each side of its thin body. They have shiny, metallic-looking green bodies that are thinner than a dragonfly. Um, they have a long, thin abdomen that connects to a short, thick thorax. The most prominent feature of their heads is large, protruding, bulbous compound eyes. So they have. They also have very small antenna that you might miss if you were just, if you were just glancing at a damselfly. But you've probably seen these. You might assume that's a baby dragonfly because it's. Looks just like a dragonfly, but it's smaller and thinner. Nope, that's a that's a damselfly. Completely different species. Very similar. Another way you could tell them apart is that dragonflies tend to keep their wings, even when they land, they keep them straight out. 
but a damselfly will fold them back along their body. Like a butterfly folds its wings. It's kind of like the difference between butterflies and moths. Moths keep their wings out. Yeah, but butterflies also sometimes keep their wings out. Yeah, they, they flap them sometimes. That's what it looks like. This particular one is very shiny and green. It's a chromatic dragon. It is the ancient green lane. I, f- I feel like I need to ask it questions about the universe. <laughs> uh, but you know what? That there's, there's one more thing. They're smaller than the typical dragonfly. So what does how small is small? And that can only be answered by one segment. And that is the measure of segment. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you. When do you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com? We do have a new Measure Up intro today yes. sent in by Brian. Yes, Brian's, Brian, Brian gives good Measure Ups. He sent it a while ago, and I can't believe we forgot to use it. Oh, we did? Well, I br- think we did. Well, br- bring him on up here. All right. I'm pretty sure we didn't use this yet. He told me the other day that, like, he's surprised we didn't use it, unless he sent in another one. I'll, t- I'll tell you if we've is. done it before. You've heard it before, for sure. Oh, have I? I'm pretty sure, because you responded in the email. Okay, go for it. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show... Size. I'm gonna have to use my special attack. Here it comes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, I have heard that one before. I heard that one when he sent it in, and I was floored. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the anime radio play that's going to accompany this. I, how did this happen? Like how how did he go uh, Super Saiyan? Is his house okay? <laughs> I don't know. It couldn't be that he has expertly orchestrated some audio. Uh, it, it, knowing knowing Brian really well and having heard him speak and talk, this is this is definitely. I would not have guessed in a million years that this was him if I didn't already know. But yes, that is the same Brian that does the episode art. Yes. Uh, and you can there's going to be a link to his social accounts where you can see more of his art if you would like to. Let thank you, Brian. Let's get right into wingspan. It sounds like he should also be getting into sound design, but you know that's just <laughs> me. Uh, let's talk wingspan. The damselfly wingspans range from 18 millimeters or seven uh, 0.71 inch to about 19 centimeters or 7.5 inches. Those are across the different species of damselflies. Our damselfly has a wingspan of 22 millimeters or 0.8 inches. How many damselfly wingspans go into the largest insect wingspan of all time? Insect wingspan? Yeah. So here's here's a hint. The largest insect ever is attributed to uh, an ancestor of the dragonflies and damselflies called a griffin fly. Oh. Uh, Griffins and, and it, dragons it, and damsels? Yeah. Uh, it, it's thought to be the largest bug in the world ever ha- to ever, ever have lived. Uh, wing fragments of the genus 
Meganeuropsis have been discovered in Kansas and Oklahoma. All right, so we're going prehistoric here. Yeah. So all bets are off. I was going to go with like a Hercules beetle or something like that, but now I've got a. I'm like, okay, thinking more small bird. The dragonfly kit is like the is kind of like the gator and alligator kit. It hasn't changed for a very long time. Kit? Yeah, their their kit and their caboodle. Oh, okay. The caboodle has changed though, right? Their their situation, their stees. All right, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna assume I'm gonna say eight eight inches. That would just be a massive bug. An eight inch and a, a dragonfly with an eight inch wingspan would just be crazy. So we'll go with that. So the answer is 10. Uh, 10. The correct answer to that is no. <laughs> um, <laughs> the correct answer is 32 damselflies. Excuse me? The reconstructed wing was 13 inches long with a wingspan of 28 inches. It's like pick up your dog. It's hawk size. Yeah, it's like a hawk. That's, what I was gonna, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's um, that's disconcerting. I'm glad they're all dead. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get into length. Mrs. Mirabilis is about 24 millimeters long. Mrs. Mirabilis. How, how many damselflies go into the length of the griffinfly? Here's a hint. It's not proportional to wingspan. So it's not proportional to the wingspan of body ratio of the damselfly. Obviously, yeah, it wouldn't be very fun if I could just multiply it by 10 again or whatever number got me to the so far off the first one. Um, so you said 28 inches for the wingspan. I imagine that the wings would have to grow, would have to be larger than proportionally for the uh, griffin fly just because it's it's so big. It needs Bigger animals need larger wings to be able to fly. So, 28 inches is more than two feet. So, we're going to go with, uh, we'll go with 24 inches. This thing's basically a square. Jive square, in fact. (laughs) Jivus squaris is its uh, nomenclature. 20, it's not an exact square, but it's... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's uh, body's 24 inches. Okay, the answer is 25.5. Damselflies. Yes. The correct answer was 18. Ugh. It's a little little light to anticlimactic, but the total body length could be as much as 17 inches. So I was right that the fl- the the wings had to grow how, would have to have been much larger than the body. You're right. Yes. To to lift a larger carapace. Well, I got a little bit closer on the second one, but. Yeah still abject failure (laughs) are you ready for some fast facts before we get into the major facts yep 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 okie dokie mrs mirabilis is the only living species in its genus it comes from southern australia and tasmania uh the damselfly love uh in general or no this this particular one loves freshwater ponds swamps and then a term I re- is like the cellar door of water bodies. 
Riverine lagoons. Riverine lagoons. <laughs> I think that means freshwater l- lagoons in rivers. Um, they especially like Discovery Bay Coastal Park in southwestern Victoria in Australia. Um, there's apparently a body of water there that they gravitate towards. And if you really want to see this damselfly, go there. Uh, in general, damselflies are all carnivorous, mainly eating other insects because that's the only thing small enough. They can be eaten by anything that frequents the pond, including birds, fish, frogs, reptiles, and other insects. Uh, They have elaborate courtship displays where where the male demonstrates his fitness to be a mate through his bright colors and flying abilities. The male also has two sexual organs... Uh, and will use both during mating. In the second phase of mating, the male and female will form a heart shape when connecting the necessary body parts. It's really cute. It's perfect. What are, oh, what are they doing making that heart shape? Well, they're they're hearting it up. Yeah, you know, that's what they're doing. They're hearting. Um, speaking of hearting, the male may also deliver a nutritional package as a nuptial gift. We've talked about this before, right? Yeah, spider. Some spider we we've done. The, the, um, the nursery web spider. And just like the nursery web spider, in some cases, it's not enough, and the female will eat the male after mating anyway. Yeah, it's like, hey, can you snack on this hamburger so that you don't kill me afterward? <laughs> and she's like, but I'm still hungry. <laughs> Should have brought two hamburgers. Uh, but that's all I got for them. You got anything else? Yes. This is an interesting animal. Um, it's time for the major fact. Bobbing babies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to name them as well, but my, my naming game has been a little off these last couple episodes. So m- many insects that live near bodies of water use that water as a place to hide or protect their eggs, like m- the dreaded mosquito. I'm covered in mosquito bites right now, by the way. I have like 10 of them because I sat outside uh, for a little bit and uh, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm particularly bitter against mosquitoes right now. But the damselfly is a bit different. Uh, while most of these types of insects that live near water hatch as terrestrial or airborne pests, uh, most damselfly nymphs are completely aquatic. Uh, this is also true of um, of dragonflies, um, but the damselfly is their their nymphs are interesting. After, after mating, the female uh, ancient greenling will lay her eggs in the stem of an underwater plant. So some damselflies will will uh, leave their eggs in overhanging branches and things like that. But the ancient greenling specifically goes underwater and can submerge herself for over 30 minutes to to uh, cut a slit into the stem of like a lily or you know some plant under, under there and then she oviposits meaning she places her eggs there but for other damselflies that put their their eggs into over into branches and things that hang over the water when the nymphs hatch they fall into the water uh, and be and spend their lives their lives as nymphs as aquatic animals um and they don't they don't leave the water until they become adults 
And while in the nymph stage, which is the majority of their life, they're agile predators that have specialized lower jaws that shoot out and skewer insects and apparently, um, yeah, insects like water fleas, mosquito larvae, and other aquatic animals, small ones. So it's kind of like the, again, we, we always bring it back to the the xenomorph, but it is the perfect organism. Uh, but <laughs> it, it, yeah, it kind of has a, a jaw that comes out and, and, and spears uh, its prey. But you might ask, don't insects need to breathe air just like we do? Well, not just like we do because they do in a weird bug way. Uh, but the answer is yes, for the most part. However, the damselfly and dragonfly nymphs are relatively unique in that they actually have gills. So they, do, they don't need to come up for air. So we've talked about other insects that uh, spend a lot of time underwater like the um, scuba diving spider. But it still needs mm-hmm. to breathe. It doesn't breathe water. It has to uh, build its little bubbles so that it has air. Um, but these nymphs, they actually have gills. And the gills are weird-looking gills. They're these three antenna-looking things that stick out of the end of their abdomens. Then those count as gills, apparently. Um, they're not like fish gills. But, yeah, they use these to uh, draw oxygen out of the water and um, put carbon dioxide back into the water. And they use this trident tail to swim around and eat mosquito babies, which is fine by me. <laughs> we need more damselflies in our lives. Um, but we have dragonflies in Florida, uh, so that's fine. Uh, and like I said, damselflies, they spent most of their lives, they spend most of their lives in this nymph stage. And when they're ready to start adulting, like doing their taxes, opening a 401k, or applying for a mortgage, they wriggle, they wriggle out of the water. Their thorax splits open like a spatchcocked turkey. And the adult form climbs out with its sparkly new wings and a soft, vulnerable body. Vulnerable body. <laughs> kind of like Heimlich at the end of uh, Bug's Life. No spoilers. <laughs> um. The adult then pumps hemolymph, which is a fancy term for bug blood, into its wings to extend them out, and then pumps it back into its abdomen um, to expand its chest as its exoskeleton hardens and becomes more colorful and metallic. Uh, not metallic as in metal, but like in the, in the color. Uh, if it's cold outside, this could take several hours. But if it's warmer, it could take just half an hour, and then it's ready to fly away and go do that crazy heart-shaped harding and uh, start this, this, the, the heart of life, the, not the circle of life, <laughs> all over again, even though the heart of life is a pretty great song by John Mayer. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, so, yeah, that's the, the, the damselfly. It's an actual it's an insect that breathes through, through gills and has a pretty voracious nymph stage. So that's all I got. That's all I got. All right. The ancient greenling. So for you out there in Podcastia, go for a swim. Don't rush adulthood. 
and be sure to target mosquitoes wherever they can be found, like the damselfly here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks most of all for listening. Podcast. <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah.